When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Who's going to be first to the floor here? And it was Marcus Smart as he usually is. Brown drives. That's not the first time we've seen a superstar in green and white sacrifice my body. Welcome into another episode of First of the Floor. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. Alongside me here, Wayne Spoonie. Spoons, how you doing, man? Welcome back. It's just a lot more fun to talk about a 2-0 stretch after an 0-2 stretch, man. So very excited to get into it. Yeah, absolutely. Love to see it over the weekend there for the Celts. And of course, a man who hates the Clippers more and more with every passing day, Jake Eisenberg. What's up, Jake? Let's go. The Clippers, man. How I can't believe how much they've personally upset me. Like I didn't think that they had a, a, like an ability to even impact my life, and they've come in here, taken Marcus Smart from me. They've saved the franchise of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, <laughs> disgusting stuff. How can they keep doing it? Yeah, it is disgusting. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, there's lots to get to here after a dominant Celtics weekend. 2-0 over said weekend. The Celts uh, shot rather straight to the top of their in-season tournament group there with that win over the Nets on Friday night. <laughs> All the while, holding a defensive rating of 103 over those two games. Mm. The defense looking better with every passing game. Spoonie, we'll start with you here, even though Jake put this question on the run sheet. Are no, the Celtics please. back? <laughs> I okay so yes <laughs> yeah. but they kind of never left in a sure. way right like I think the the big thing that I was focusing on this weekend um is is that defense and especially how versatile it's starting to become like Joe has really kind of been experimenting with stuff especially against the Raptors it's like he had zero respect for them and he's like full court pressing them he's in this like weird trap matchup zone at some points he's just straight up switching Porzingis onto people um um, so, and then obviously we've got sort of our base drop defense that we're getting really good at as well, especially when KP's out there. So, um, look, man, if this defense is going to turn into mm. the best defense in the NBA, uh, the offense doesn't even need to be that good for us to be like a top seed, but the offense is going to be really, really good. So the ceiling of this team is just crazy. Yes. The Celtics are back. They never went too far away. <laughs> We are probably what, like, we're at least one possession away, one Jalen Brown pull up away from being eight and one, and mm -hmm. maybe the refs calling Joel Embiid correctly out of bounds away from forcing overtime and stealing that game away. But I'm comfortable saying we, we didn't really deserve to win that Philly game. But the Timberwolves game was right there. The defense across this four-game stretch, including the Timberwolves game, has been 
so good. I think the story's kind of been about the offense and it's going to continue to be about the offense. But the defense has been awesome kind of throughout the stretch. But against Philly, and you watch how dominant they've been, they're putting up like it is the paces as the Celtics put up a shitload of points on them as well. But Maxie and Embiid have been pretty unstoppable throughout the season so far. Mm-hmm. And the Celtics held Maxie to 11 from 27 shooting. He's, they've been the only team really been able to slow him down effectively. The defense is real. And um, that just gives them a super high floor every single night. And when the, when the offense starts to like ignite, then you have a third quarter like against the Raptors and you just see Brad Stevens' vision. Just I can imagine him staring down onto the court, just like levitating as Jalen Brown and pausing just dunk over and over and over again. Oh. I was in a good place yesterday. I gotta be honest. <laughs> so many, so many dunks over the weekend. It made me yeah. think of our old buddy Blake Griffin uh, with some teary eyes there. But it's it's hard to feel sad for too long when they're throwing down that many slams over the weekend. Uh, you hit it, Spoonie. Like the, the versatility of the defense and sort of the, the broader theme and that the team has been speaking about this in all of their post game interviews, which is they're figuring it out and. Uh, Porzingis is constantly uh, remarking that with a huge smile on his face, by yeah. the way. He looks like the happiest person like to go to work in the history of employed human beings. He's so happy to be playing for the Boston Celtics <laughs> right now. And yeah, figuring it out on, on both ends. And I think the mind naturally gravitates like to the offensive side of the ball there when it, when it comes to figuring it out because it's, it's a little bit easier to sort of figure figure it out you know in terms of what that looks like on the court from a from a spectator standpoint whereas the defense is a little bit more nuanced the way that they um held both of these teams the nets the raptors not offensive powerhouses but the way that they reduced their their point totals over this weekend and the manner in which they did so uh, was a beautiful thing to see and yeah Porzingis playing and drop against the pick and roll but also roaming off ball and that sort of pseudo rob pseudo tatum off ball roaming role as well uh is awesome versatility like out your ass on both ends of the court, which is uh, very exciting to see. Those are other things that stood out over the weekend. We got to basically like flip the run sheet from a, from a couple yeah. of days ago yeah. and do the whole soliloquy about how amazing Jalen Brown is. All of a sudden, Jake, you know what were your takeaways mm. from from Jalen Brown's bounce back performance this weekend? We saw, we see the vision. We see the vision. Like I think Jalen Brown clearly has the biggest adjustment out of anyone on this roster to go through. And so they've been doing their best to make life easy for him. Tater, I mean, uh, Jalen and Porzingis have played the third most out of any two man grouping behind Tatum and Jalen and then Jalen and Drew. Uh, and they're also trying to keep Drew with, with Jalen as well. Um, they did very briefly do a Jalen, uh, Jalen KP Al Hauser PP lineup, which thankfully was short lived, but that just like can't happen. You're just you're just asking for Jalen Brown to fail if you like put that lineup out there because he he yeah. has to be the lead initiator, and that's that's just not on Jalen at that point. But they're putting him with him with Porzingis. They're making the reads easy for him, and the gravity of Porzingis is just making life so easy for him. We've got a few. Um, Clips here, but before we get to them, what I mean, Jalen cutting, he's got when, when he's like able to have some space and he's not thinking too much and he's just being decisive. It just, if it's the actualized version of Jalen Brown, and we can get this super efficient version that I think we can get more consistently. I, I really like what Joe has been trying to do, especially with the kind of locking him together with Drew. If you remember last year, 
Brogdon and Jalen were absolutely terrible together when they shared the floor, like negative or just about negative. Well, Drew and Jalen on together, plus 15 net rating. So basically would be by far the best net rating if you're a team over the season. That would be like double of our net rating last year and we had the number one. Um, And yeah, like... And it seems like there's so many more ways to get Jalen easy baskets. And then once he gets that confidence, because he's such a feel player, he's such like a a sort of like a rhythm player that once he gets into that rhythm, that's when the pull-ups start going. That's when he hits like three straight threes. The garden's going wild. The other team's got to blow a timeout. Um, And I I thought this is like, maybe the best defensive game of his career against Mm. the Raptors. He was absolutely everywhere, dude. He, he had so many switches that he didn't fuck up. (laughs) Like he did perfectly. (laughs) Like his rotations were pretty on point. He was staying in front of everybody. Like he was going out garden Schroeder, keeping Schroeder in front of him. And then the next possession, he's bodying down low with Siakam, who he absolutely has owned since the bubble. Yeah, Yeah, he does, dude. (laughs) He does. So, I think like if this is the JB we're going to start to get on both sides of the ball, like I know there's like, oh, KP's the second best player. Derek White's the second best player. Jalen will very clearly be the second best player in that case. Yeah, but he's also the most vulnerable across the team, or at least the top six when it comes to, okay, if we are, if the team is trying to figure it out as far as how they they can play off of each other and meld together as a team, Jalen seems like probably the most vulnerable to be impacted in the short term while the team figures that out. So I think that's what we've seen here early on, uh, obviously prior to this weekend where he hadn't been particularly good. We'll probably see more of it, to be honest. But you point out the defense and, you know, I know the whole playmaking versus play finishing thing has been done to death, but you, you call it Spoonie. Like if he if he starts as a play finisher, he sort of builds some internal momentum and can start to become a bit of a, a playmaker within uh, the vacuum of a single game as well, which has been great. Another thing that Jalen uh, has exhibited really since the beginning of the season is a real chemistry with Kristaps Porzingis. And, a uh, good buddy, Jack Simone and Jake, I believe you're writing a piece with him or, or at least beginning the early stages of drafting a piece with him on this yes. Spoonie. You've either just written about it or are also writing about it as well. So it's, it's, it's a huge it's hot button, um, topic of the moment. <laughs> we do have a comment from Joe Mazzola post game on exactly this. What allowed Jalen and Chris Stapps to combine for, you know, some of those back cuts, some of the high creation from Chris Stapps in this one. Was that a plan going into this? Uh, I mean, that's just their two-man action. Like I said, when we get to that spacing of those guys on the same side of the floor, there's, there's options that we have there. And so it's fighting to get to that. Um, it's creating that out of your calls. And so they did a, a good job of just playing off of each other. And, um, you know, KP has the ability to make everybody around him better. And, and I thought Jalen did a great job um, of just his, his reads, especially in that third quarter. Uh, Joe, back to the Jalen Brown-KP tandem. Those guys lead the team in assists of any tandem, or they're close to the top. I know they were leading heading into this game. Has that been something that they have worked on specifically, or has it just come naturally, that two-man game between the two? Uh, no, we work on it. We have a few set plays where those two guys are involved, and those two guys do a good job of working their reads every single day. So it really yeah. stands out, right? Like It's obvious to even the, the least astute Celtics fan how much of a, of a two-man That's chemistry yeah, yep. these guys are forming. <laughs> I'll throw it at you guys, though. Like you guys have taken on the assignment, yeah. and you're doing all the research and writing about this. So what are the main takeaways on, on this topic from your perspective? I mean, I feel like... We and Eric Weiss have been calling for the handoff game for years now because, like, it's perfect. It's tailor-made for Jalen Brown to utilize his explosiveness. Like, him coming off these screens, um, I will, we'll play the 
the clips here, um, just, just just from the Raptors game yesterday. So, you know, Derek White sets a little screen, flows into a pick and roll with um, KP, and they're just scared of KP's vertical ability, so Jalen can get down here with a bit of space. And now we had another pick and roll with Jalen here, handoff, Ananobi, can't keep so up, nice. just finds him on a nice pass. KP's passing has been fantastic. And this is what they're talking about, the spacing on the left side, another handoff, this time Pirtle steps up, and... Over the outstretched arms of Boucher to the seven foot three Latvian. And then the Marcus Smart backdoor cut. Yes. Could this be the new Marcus Smart version? Like, um, you know, Jalen's starting to read that stuff in the throughout as the game goes on. Like Scotty Barnes is like, okay, they're coming around for this for this handoff thing. I'm gonna try and overplay it. Jalen actually reads it and then goes back door. Like, that's a nice read from Jalen. And I saw another quote um saying that these guys are working on this. Every single day, um, KP and Jalen on those reads and Pozingas talking about how, you know, it's only going to get better and better. And on one hand, my brain's like, of course, he's going to say that they're going to get better and better. But then I'm also like, they've played nine games together. It would be, of course, it's going to get better and better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jalen is going to be someone where it's not going to come as naturally. So as you can see, as it, just one game, second quarter was a bit choppy. As he got a little bit more comfortable, you get that explosion in the third quarter to where Jalen goes six for 11 and Pozingas goes five for six. They combine for 26 points on 11 for 17. Um, absurd. When those two guys are going, like Tatum's like always going to be that leveler, right? Like when he's on the court, you're always going to be good. When those guys have this chemistry and you can have this, this punch, it's like that's when you get those avalanches in the third quarter that feel like the Warriors teams of old where like they would play you mm-hmm. tough and then you get that starting lineup come back out and fucking Clay and, or Iguodala just go nuts and then and then the game's just over like six minutes into the third quarter. Yeah, Sean Livingston hits like yeah. four pull-up middies and you're like, what the hell, man? Like what, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jalen's uh, just dunking through the roof like over and over again. It's like, what is, yeah. is happening? <laughs> Yeah, so I, I just wrote about this very briefly in Three Leaf Clover. Just like, here's a couple clips. This is happening. Like, not I, there's a lot more meat on that bone, certainly. But uh, yeah, Jalen has assisted going into the Raptors game. He had assisted KP nine times, and the next closest was Tatum at four. So like, he is finding KP way more often than he's finding any other teammate. And I, we talked about it when we traded for KP. Like, KP has the the chance to make Jalen Brown's life easier more than any other player on the Celtics just because he's not he's not Tatum like about reading the game right he's not Derek White but KP just makes those reads so easy because the defense has to commit so hard to stopping him in some way Um, and then if they don't if they do commit to KP then Jalen can just take off or bang a pull up Um, or if KP rolls and they don't commit hard or commit help like it's just a lob or or a pass over the top I mean so I'm very excited to see where this goes yeah and I was gonna go Ben go Ben well I was just gonna say doesn't it just like elevate the gratitude and appreciation for KP because as like JB Jalen Brown apologists and fanboys for all of his career there's a lot of um, defense that you've got to put up on Twitter uh, in terms of arguing um, all of the very demonstrable evidence against Jalen Brown being a top tier player Uh, and so to have a guy out there in in the case of Paul Zingas who elevates his game and sort of adds new layers to his game in terms of how he can be productive and and impact winning um, it just makes we love pausing us even more because it just helps the fight for, for Jalen Brown from a fan perspective. 
Yeah, this is this is perfect. We want we want Jalen Brown being second team All NBA, Jalen Brown, and there's a reason that he was given that award. And Cape, like Jalen's definitely been going through it. It feels like this season trying to figure out where he fits in, and um, we're probably going to see growing pains again, maybe against the Knicks because they do a really good job of forcing the Celtics into some of their bad tendencies. But KP coming in and us seeing all the stuff that we were excited about in the off season um, more and more each, as each game goes along, like can't ask for much more. Mm-hmm. Jesus, nope. Maxi has 50 points right now. See Celtics defense yeah. not happening against us boys. Well, don't yeah. jinx it, but it's, it's yeah, far less. Don't, don't to. jinx let's, it. Let's, don't yeah. jinx it. <laughs> uh, is, is there a sneaky low key bid at an all-star team placement for Porzingis? The, like, there are some sexy stats out there. I don't know if they're like necessarily the sort that um, jump off the page to the, the all-star team voting public, but do you think there's a chance there? Yes. <laughs> Say yes. more. <laughs> yes, I do. A legitimate well, chance. I think a legitimate chance. If he's averaging 20 points a game, on right now he's at like 54, 30, I think he's at 39.5. So he's, he's mm-hmm. basically a 50, 40, and then like 85. So like the true shooting is out of this world. And then he's good. the anchor. And then he's the anchor for right now the third best defense. If he's the anchor on a top five defense while averaging 20 on 50, 40, 90, and they're the, the one seed or the two seed, um, like the, the Sixers and the Celtics and the Nuggets are like – five games clear of whoever's behind them, they could easily get three All-Stars. And he's he's taking so little off the table too. Yeah. Um, like 1.2 turnovers a game, that's effectively nothing. And this is the lowest usage of his entire career. Crazy. Like the second mm-hmm. lowest, he's at 21% usage. Second lowest is his second season, 24%. And players shoot 10.8% worse less than six feet when guarded by KP and 7.4% worse, less than 10 feet. So like if you are anywhere near the rim and he is anywhere near you, you're basically going to miss the shot essentially plus 16.5 net ratings are absolutely obliterating people when he's, when he's on the court in almost 70% true shooting and league average is like 56%. So like that is just absolutely insane efficiency. I wonder if like the rebounds are a little low for a center at 6.2 um, and like Bam is going pretty nuts. Obviously Embiid's there. Um, so there's some pretty stiff competition in the front court spots, but he's, he's definitely got a shot for sure. Yeah. Does he struggle a little bit directly under the rim? The Raptors, they shot 13 for 16 at the rim in this most recent game, but then from short mid for mm-hmm. Of 22. So, like, just a, a pace, a step away from the rim. He's just got that length to, to make life yeah. difficult for you. But he is, like I've said too many times now, yes. a little light in the ass. He light can get ass. bullied and, and pushed under the hoop. And then you can, obviously, Embiid's going to do it to anybody. But we've seen other less dominant centers do it to him as well. And they kind of put him in the bucket a little bit. But I guess that's the one glaring weakness defensively. There's, there's a few, but that's probably the most it is, standout. It, is, it, it does kind of jump off the screen a little bit. Like, Pirtle got, got him a few times. Like, if you are able to get into his body a little bit and get him, like, that close to the rim you can kind of just force him away from able to being able to get that contest so yeah he's he's like he's not perfect but like he's been pretty freaking close (laughs) 
I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason Tatum, who we should get to, he's mm. back into top five form after, uh, I guess, a, a brief step out of the spotlight there, Spoonie. Um, I know Jake, we'll, we'll get to, you've, you've, I said before we recorded, done a really <laughs> nice job of fleshing out a run sheet here. I want to make sure we get to every data point because it's important. But Spoonie, just some thoughts quickly on, on Tatum's return to form and, and how he's looked, at, I guess, as part of the MVP conversation as well. Yeah, I think he's just like his scoring is absurdly versatile this year. Like, so I, I d- dove into some play type data um, and he's like 99th percentile on spot ups, 85th percentile mm. in ISOs, 85th in, in post ups and 77th percentile in transition. So he's like absurdly elite crazy. or well above average elite at just about everything other than being a pick and roll ball handler. But he's been like 70 percentile his entire career that'll come up he's at the 19th percentile right now which is just like insanely low that's not gonna that's not gonna hold up so does it feel um, like he's run very much pick and roll like little bits here and there but not a lot way less than than the last few years for sure absolutely um i it's it's strange because you think with kp like we'd be running a lot more pick and roll with him but it's almost like we're like well we'll just have tatum sort of post up or iso when we need it and then jb or drew or Derek can run the pick and roll with kp so i mean he's just been incredible he's averaging basically 10 rebounds a game too and he's a monster are you joining (laughs) me on the tatum is an elite rebounder uh train yet or what Oh yeah, man! Absolutely, I'm in, baby. A lot First of them are uncontested. Yeah, some of them have to be uncontested. Okay, guys. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. But um, he's been awesome. The three yeah. balls back, like it, it's over. Yeah. yeah, like the version of the Tatum that we got in the Raptors game is so much fun to watch. Like locked in Tatum, it's so obvious. When you're watching him versus not like the the Nets game, really kind of annoyed me. Um, like they played well, they should have won that. It should have been a Wizards Pacers blowout. Like the game should have been over in the middle of the third quarter. Um, but so Tatum took 11 three point attempts out of his 17 field goal attempts, and right there is like the exact. That's exactly how you know where Tatum's head is at for that game. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the Raptors game, he's attacking the right switches. Like he's not attacking Ananobi and uh, Siakam like off the top of the key. He's attacking Achua and Pirtle and a little bit of Barnes and Malachi Flynn and all these guys. He's making the right decisions. He's pulling up where he, when he should. Like three for nine from three, you know, you hope one more goes in or he takes one less, but... Getting downhill and then he's locking like guys don't want to go at him. The reason we don't get a lot of Tatum defensive highlights is no one wants a bar of him. No one wants a bar yeah. of him. Yeah, that's it's a huge part of him. I guess we'll get to the the on off numbers, but it's, it's such a huge part of his massively positive point differential plus forty one point three point differential uh, for Tatum in, in terms of on off numbers. And a huge part of that is like you're alluding to that, Jake. Like he just he locks down like a quadrant of the half Dude. court, which I guess what well, is like an eighth of the whole court. Anyway, uh, when he's out there, because he's just so big, <laughs> and it's like which does not run any action that involves anything anywhere near Jason Tatum. And yes, that doesn't result in a first of the floor highlight, which we're desperate for, by the way. We need more <laughs> content for our really. intro. Yeah, um, he doesn't need to because he's just, he's everywhere all at once, all of the time, uh, which is great. But yeah, the the point differential, plus 41.3. He adds, this is per cleaning the glass, a plus 70 expected win total for the team, which is obviously uh, leaps and bounds ahead of anyone else on the team and almost anyone else in the league. Uh, for reference though, Jalen Brown, 
negative 24.3 <laughs> point differential. Uh, best non-Tatum lineup with at least 10 possessions is Derek White, Jalen Brown, Sam Hauser, Al Horford, and Chris Stapps, Porzingis. They're plus 8.3. And then there's nothing else that qualifies in terms of that minimum yeah. 10 possessions. That's even above a zero. Um, so huge issue there. Jake. Correct. Like, how, how can we combat this? <laughs> Correct. Well, yeah. So like all the stuff, the good stuff that we said about Jalen earlier, um, that's not to say that there was not a lot of issues in the Raptors game as well. Like specifically sure. like the second quarter and specifically w- when Joe went to that lineup of bloody Jalen, KP, Al, Hauser, Pritchard. Cannot happen. And that's happened. <laughs> no. a few, cannot happen. And that's happened a few times. It feels like where Jalen's been out there and it's like, they're asking him to be the lead ball handler. Like, I threw out an idea on Twitter, which I think Hoops Empire was first to as well, because um, they stagger the the Jays. They kind of always have. Could you could you not stagger the Jays? Could you just like take them off together and then you go Derek, Drew, Hauser, KP, Al as like a lineup, or you take Jalen out first as a and then you leave Tatum in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, I think there's definitely ways to do it. I do think it can get better, but you have to be very purposeful with the rotations. And then when Jalen is out there, you can't do the same read and react offense that they're running when Tatum's out there because it's just not who Jalen is. And you have to put him in a situation to succeed. You have to run the KP pick and rolls and it's basketball. You're not going to be able to just like surgically manipulate every possession when Jalen's out there, but everybody who is out there has to be like, okay, this is the lineup that's out here. These are the non-Tater minutes. We're changing the way that we're operating and we've got a, a, a feel for it, but I think they need to be more purposeful about how they're going about it. Yeah, and there's just no excuse not to have one of Derek or Drew out no. there with that with him. No. Like, there's just no, no reason for it's it, ridiculous. Joe. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> like, yes. Um, I, I under, I will, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that it's early season. It's kind of like Brad always used to do this. He just yeah. like throw stuff at the wall with lineups and like, hey, maybe Tyler Zeller, Jared Sullinger, and Jonas Jeremko yeah. will work as a front court. It did not, but um, so I, I just think this is it now may have the worked time better than this lineup, though. <laughs> yeah, it may have because that was awful, dude. It was so bad. Um, but like, yeah, you're right, Jake. It's just not not putting in Jalen in a position to succeed. There's absolutely no reason for it. Like you you showed it in the clip, like empty side, pick yeah. and roll, space it out and just like K- KP and JB run a two man game. And if help comes, it's going to be so obvious because it's going to come yeah. from all the way across the court and Jalen can pick that pass out. So like there's just there's just no need to be the Warriors when Tatum's off the floor, especially if there's not a point guard playing with them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, yeah. it's truly bizarre, though, like there's this point differential. And yeah, we have a conversation where we can celebrate this two man game between uh, Jalen Brown mm. and someone not named Jason Tatum, Kristaps Porzingis in this case, and yet we can't find positions for success like um, to put Jalen Brown in when Tatum is on the bench. It's weird that those two subjects can coexist at once. Um, yeah. What I mean, else? It, it, okay, so uh, the was, idea of... Say, sorry, go ahead. I was saying, it just kind of also speaks to like like Tatum and how much he just does overall. Like we just talked about his lockdown defense and people have to stay away from him. That makes the defense easier. He's a beast on the boards. So all of a sudden, just like... If, if you're like if you're not a Celtics fan or you're not really paying attention to Tatum, there's, that might be why you don't think he's a top five player because the scoring is elite, but then like all the other stuff is elite. And so when you take him off the court, like Sam House is a solid rebounder and a fine defender, but like not what Tatum's doing. 
Yeah. And just on your point on not staggering the Jays, I think mm. politically you can't do that. I think that you you need Jalen to like feel like he has pockets of the game. Like it's a, it's a good idea in theory. Like, and I would love to see it happen, but yeah, I just don't think it. that, that Jalen would like be up for that in any way, shape or form. And it would be like ultimately worse for the team as far as like, chemistry <laughs> and things like that. Come on, man. <laughs> I think, I think Jalen would be vibes. okay with it. Just vibes like- are a thing. We yeah, track vibes on the show. I agree. You, you, this is how you sell it. He's like, Jalen, you guys are so great together. We want to maximize how good you guys are together by keeping you together at all times. Um, <laughs> you get a negotiator we'll just, in to start yeah. the conversation, a mediator. <laughs> yeah. We'll just obliterate teams and you'll never have to play a fourth quarter. Like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Look, plenty more to get to. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. Vangel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.vangel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. And now back to the show. Anyone got a bet for us or should we just move on? Yeah, I don't have one. Um, I currently have got Spurs plus eight and a half. I hit the Grizzlies plus eight and a half today as well. And I'm on a bit of a roll. Unfortunately, I don't have anything for... Oh, I have... I have. Oh, yeah. The Timberwolves, I think, are plus two and a half against the Warriors um, this afternoon. I don't believe that game has started yet. Mm-hmm. Uh so I would jump on that one. The Warriors played a back-to-back yesterday against Cleveland. Great game. Draymond ejected again. Um, and just, it like, I hate him. Like, I respect how good he is at basketball, but oh my God, he is the worst. I hate the double standard of refereeing and technicals. Like, the technicals that KP's gotten compared to what, like, Draymond gets away with is so frustrating. So to see the refs actually like pick him up yesterday and eject him and then him do his whole fucking WWE shit and then the Warriors actually lose. <laughs> mm, chef's kiss. Did you see him get kicked in the nuts the other day? That was a nice yeah. bit of shot of yeah. Yeah. Karma. <laughs> Karma, dude. The natural kicking motion or natural shooting motion or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's right. KP got a tech for throwing the ball back through uh, the rim. Like, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. What are these the hanging on the rim technicals? What is the point of that rule anyway, dude? That's like a rule from it's the for safety. 40s. Oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah, for safety. Yeah, to demonstrate upper body strength, maybe a little bit as well, which both yeah. things I'm completely okay with. Um, <laughs> Sam Hauser, six man of the year. Like, tell me I'm wrong at this point. Six man of the year. Come on, let's go. Spoonie, I feel like this is, this is, okay. Firstly, I just love how much everyone loves Sam Hauser right now. Like, shout out the video of Sam Hauser defensive highlights I put on Twitter. You're all, you've all loved it. Um, <laughs> everybody's loved the house trap, getting the house trap name out there. Um, people was, were insinuating that Trap House was better. Um, mm. I love Trap. And I love house. Is that a, is that a music reference, um, or is that uh, it's house uh, trap? it's trap house is uh, I would say lingo for like a drug den. 
Oh, oh right. yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I know. Okay, I'm I'm intrigued. Uh, and then I know I know house arrest got thrown around out there as well. The reality mm. is he's been fantastic. Uh, he's gonna fly under the radar for like another six weeks because that's just how it's gonna be. But partly because he's missed a few shots in the first few games. But like since then, I think his last. Five games or so, he's shooting like 53%. He's up to 43% on the year. The defense is legit. I don't know. I'm like careful to still be like, is he a good defender? I, or is it just like he's like he's just a smart – like he's like Kelly Olynyk to me. He's always in the right spot and he's gotten stronger, it feels like, as well. And he's gotten smarter. He's always in the right spot. He always gets a good contest. He defensive rebounds. He's getting his hands in passing lanes. Good might be strong, but like if someone says he's a bad defender, then you got to like watch the games again. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go as far to say good. Okay. There's time he yeah. does get beat sometimes. I think he's kind of can struggle. Like teams don't really attack him. Like making him run through a bunch of screens off ball. It's the it only is, one yeah, on one. House tr- yeah, they always <laughs> just try to ISO him, and he's. He, I would say he's pretty good at ISO defense. So like sturdy, just like yeah, man, Gets he's those sturdy. Hands back takes the bump, and yeah. he's good to go. He he does concede space sometimes, like and guys yeah. can, will make some pull ups kind of in his face, but like he's to, he's he's fine, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what you. That's in your six seven, like whatever. It's much better than conceding a layup if you're trying to guard a guard too close. So, um, and offensively, the, the shooting is just absolutely bananas at this point. Seventy fourth percentile in spot ups, which is dragged down by his first couple of games. Yeah. I'm sure recently that's way higher. Basically sixty. 61% effective field goal percentage on spot ups and like league average is like 52 or 53%. So insane 44.7% on catch and shoot threes. And I think the most intriguing thing, 50% on pull up threes, which is like, Oh, Sam, what is, it's just like one dribble relocation <laughs> yeah, stuff, sure. but like but that's that, new. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so helpful, man, because then it's like a hard closeout. He doesn't have to make his way all the way to the rim. He just takes one step, boom, fires 63% on wide open threes, which oh, yes, is please. just, it's just nutty. <laughs> uh, maybe one downside. He's taken five shots that aren't threes the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hey, he's three for three at the rim. So get him, Sam, keep driving, baby. <laughs> Hell yeah, slam a sama. Uh, you love to see it, especially after that that um, rough start to the season. But uh, yeah, he's attacking closeouts as well, which uh, I, I think now like uh, there's been some directive, a change in directive for for Sammy buckets. Where as we have some lighting issues with that, that Spoonies in there, where um, he's like clearly instructed just to jack him up because 63 percent yeah. on wide open threes is a, is a sexy stat, but he's shooting so many completely contested threes or very nearly contested threes and uh in the last few games like hitting on the majority of them and just the the trajectory of his shot and the way that it like tickles the twine it's a beautiful thing like it's the perfect entry angle uh almost like he's being like created by nasa or some sort of (laughs) science department it's amazing um moving on to another member wait 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 wait. sorry you have one clip clip to run because this is this is so hard to do the no dip. I got sound. No way. Yes way, Scal. Yes way. Dude, Siakam, like, long almost gets a finger on that. He has to, like, catch it right in his face and put it up. Money. Like, he's, he's, feels like he's legitimately leveled up as a player. Like, 
on both ends, which um, for a guy that's making pretty much minimum money, what is he making? Yeah, he's making 1.9 million and 2 million the following year. Um, enjoy it while it lasts, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, we finally we finally got our one of that for lack of a better the term my brain is not producing words from my normal vocabulary <laughs> today but yeah we got our version of what the heat have done time and time and time yeah. again and for so long since the inception of this podcast we've been rubbing our hands together please can this be our year can we have yes. our one of those this year we've got it guys sammy buckets yeah. the house trap House money. Someone in the in the chat here calling out like, really, guys, we're giving him a nickname. Sammy Buckets might have nice. the most and the <laughs> most uh, awesome collection of nicknames of anyone on the Dude, Celtics right now. Drew Carter called him Big Smooth, which I believe yes. Tooney told me is his college name, House Trap. I Look, believe this is so. what this is what you do. You give awesome nicknames to role players um because it's fun. It's and when fun. they're when they're playing well. Uh Sam Hauser, like did you, actually, did you know that the Heat actually had him on like their summer league team, or mm-hmm. like, and and they and he chose to to go to the Celtics instead, which what I only legend. just found that out yesterday. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah man, House yeah, Money, Sam Buckets, let's go, dude. That Ira Winderman tweet, yes. who I think is a Heat guy, that yes. was like. Sam Hauser has pivoted from signing with Miami yes. and he's going to another team. And we, we, we weren't named, you know, we were the mysterious other yeah. team. So man, that would have been so annoying if you went to the heat. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Now it comes the part of the podcast where we publicly apologize to Luke Cornett, who has been <laughs> just fine. Like very much like Hauser's defense, yeah. where you just have to be not awful. Luke Cornett has been not awful. Pleasantly so. Spoody, anything you want to add to that? That's my assessment. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Luke's been pretty good. I mean, he's been fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, I Quick mean, apology. Yeah, look, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, look, I think it's pretty well known. I'm not a huge Luke Cornette guy. Like his ceiling is just we're this. We've hit the ceiling. We are at the ceiling. Not awful. Congrats. Perfect. Like that's it. Yeah, which is fine. Totally <laughs> ask for. Fine. Told my wife asked of me. <laughs> uh so but yeah he's just been in the right spots been contesting you know getting some dunks i i gotta tip my cap to that no look pass to pritchard yeah though. dude it was a great great cut by pp and then just like and then he did the goggles at the yeah. bench oh, yeah. like this guy is the walking <laughs> meme it's ridiculous so, well done luke please keep it up because we're gonna we're gonna need him man we're gonna need him Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, as Nemius Kadar recovers from his mysterious foot injury, sounds like he's getting close and I am intrigued to see what he looks like if we ever need him at some point. But I will apologize. I do think it was a fair, obviously, criticism. I think he heard, he read my tweet about Luke Cornette Challenge, grab one on the one rebound. He's doing great, dude. I don't know. Was it a confidence thing? Because it feels like he's just playing with more, more aggression. Like he's mixing up in, in the... On both the offensive and defensive glass, he's like, like when he's catching the ball, he like is looking to get into slightly more um, advantageous spots. Um, when he gets the ball on the roll, he like he's not just like looking to catch it on the short roll and then turn around one eighty and look at the three point line to throw it to someone. He's like looking mm-hmm. to take a step. Like, yes, yeah, Spoonie, it's like. <laughs> It's like he's a button. As soon as he touches the ball, he's like spins around to the, to the three-point line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but now uh, he's actually like looking at the rim and like pump faking, finding people on passes. When the team is so talented, your job as a role player becomes really simple and you don't have to do a lot. Like you don't need a lot from your role players. Like they can excel in their roles because they only need so much from them. And that's what he's doing. And like, if he can do this, 
It's all we need. Love to see it. So, apologies again to, to Luke Cornette, but uh, we are <laughs> prone to doing a, a complete 180 in two games if he shits the bed again. I will just say that <laughs> yep. very quickly. Now, That's we've right. got a few miscellaneous points to, to end on here, and we're going to start with this as I run a clip, which I believe has no sound that I can talk over. So, Peyton Pritchard, Dennis Smith Jr. got into a little bit of biff at the end yeah, of our did. first in-season tournament game. And I guess it's important because it's not something you'd really expect of, of Pritchard here, but he's really uh, really chattering back there to Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> um, any idea why DSJ took umbrage to, to PP in this case? What's the context? Yeah, I didn't see like anything before this. I think Pritchard kind of went off a little bit towards the end there. Um, and maybe D- DSJ was like, Garbage time, king, summer league, hero. If you weren't in Boston, you wouldn't have a job. Uh, that's where I would go if Wild I was DSJ. <laughs> that's, you know. Uh, and then Pritchard's like, bring it, dude. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a mass hole. I'm ready to go. You think you're better than me? Yeah, uh, okay, you dude. know, the, the usual. And so I love it. We know he allegedly got in a fight in the off season uh, at the mm-hmm. Cape. Uh, yeah, I reckon Pritchard's ready to go. He wasn't scared. Love it. I I wouldn't mess with with DSJ, but Pritchard's a much tougher, meaner, like in a good way person yeah. than I am. Um, so yeah, I I have no idea where that came from. I I suspect you're probably right, Jake, that he was just kind of talking crap <laughs> yeah. to Pritchard, and Pritchard's not gonna take that, dude. He's feisty, if nothing else. And yeah, I like that was fine. He finally had a good game, so he finally yeah. was like, "All right, baby, <laughs> I can Let's finally it. back it up now. Check <laughs> yeah. the scoreboard." Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, DSJ's actually kind of really impressed me, honestly. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. He'd be a nice little target. That would be ironic. But um, Yes. <laughs> they'd be, be, yeah, be best buds like instantly there. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's all in the spirit yeah. of competition. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, look, sticking yeah. with the theme of Biffo here over the weekend, this clip does have sound. This is Joe Mazzola challenging the out-of-bounds play up 30, and this is from the Raptors broadcast. Mazzola, right, with 3.39 to go, are challenging... This this is a coach's challenge. I'm not a fan. And it's going to be successful. <laughs> okay. Great. But this is what they looked at. They they decided to challenge this. And do you, do you guys agree with with Joe challenging this play? Because I don't know. I guess I could go either way. Yeah. I- I I get it. Like the the reasoning from Joe was like my guys are out there busting their balls and like they want me to challenge a play. Like they're fighting for tape to get their next contract. And like if they want it, then that's all I care about. I hated it. I hated it until Joe gave that answer. Yeah. And then, like, I feel like these guys probably really appreciate him taking the last couple of minutes seriously, even in a blowout. Yeah. Uh-huh. What, what did I just say? He's completely dumbfounded. All right. They, they said on the Toronto broadcast, we see these guys again in six days. Remember that or some shit. And I was like, yeah, right. that's bad, dude. That's not a good thing. Like, no. I, saw a, I saw a start, like, yesterday. It's like, Pascal Siakam hasn't beaten Jason Tatum since the 2019-20 season. He's 0-9. Woo! 
Yeah, that's insane. Uh, and just like we said at the top, historically owned by Jalen Brown as well, yeah. which is great. We're on, on the wrong, right side of history there, rather. Uh, yeah, I didn't like it just because I had other things to do with my day until I heard uh, or saw rather that the Raptors were upset. By yeah, it, then- and then I was just like, ah, sucked in, eat shit. Like, I'm glad <laughs> yeah. that you're angry. <laughs> I hate all opposing teams. Uh, anything else to get to, guys? I believe we've got some Marcus Smart oh, yeah. magic, Jake, that you're going to leave us through. Or lead us so, through, rather. yeah. So, Grizzlies played the Clippers today. Clippers have been just a disaster since the Harden trade. I've already voiced how disgusted I am with the Clippers. One, you know, at least not giving Brad the option to keep Marcus Smart um, and get Paul Zingas. So, taking him away from us instead of Brogdon. And then also throwing the 76ers a fucking lifeline and in the fucking process, <laughs> crippling themselves. They have looked so, so bad. Like, they all look washed. Harden's out of shape. They're... Oh. <sighs> What? Harden's out of shape? I know. Who could have predicted that? Never. <laughs> that guy? Watching Steve Ballmer on the sideline, like he looks like he's going to like have a heart attack or like just <laughs> keel over. He's sitting there being like, what did we do, dude? Like they were good. They were good. Anyway, Grizzlies also struggling. And I'm like, I want the Grizzlies to get back on track so badly by the time Jar gets back because I... I think it will be sad. Like Marcus Smart comes back to the garden and like they're like two and... 16 and then then the Celtics wax them by 30 and it's like see you Marcus enjoy Memphis um but today Clippers Grizzlies it's a tight ball game Marcus Smart with the most Marcus Smart thing you're ever going to see 99-98 loses the ball dives on it grabs it one hand flips it to Ronnie <laughs> the chaos watch it one more time it's just it's absolutely beautiful he get he gets Kawhi but gets tapped oh how oh. does he get air Dude, under the ball? There? Like it's like he oh. gra- he didn't just he didn't just tap it. He like grabbed it with his hand and then like rugby flipped it to Roddy and then they got the win. So I was really happy for Marcus. He's been balling for them. He had 17, seven, seven assists, three boards, five turnovers. But he's just like way overtasked for what they're asking from him right now. Um, I just want them to get back on track, and I think. Yeah, just because I want I want good things, and like I was so into the game today, like watching. Um, Watching Marcus, like I just love that guy, and it's good to see. Yeah, it makes me miss him a lot. I think we're actually we're seeing him quite soon. We've got the Grizzlies Monday to end this this coming week or to begin yeah. the the next coming week. Um, yeah. So not in TD Garden, so it won't be the quite the tearjerker that we will inevitably yeah. see uh, down the road. But uh, that's going to be interesting and, and give us some interesting highlights. Yeah, love love to see Marcus Smart and especially like defeat a foe. I guess they've become a foe with all the the fuckery they've caused, particularly uh, in your personal life, Jake. Uh, in, oh. in the case of the Clippers, so it's great to see Marcus uh, stick it to those guys. Just to wrap very quickly here we've got the knicks coming up next i've just been pulling up some some stats here uh they have the fourth best defense i think they're with well, a five and four currently so sort of a middling team as far as their record is concerned spoony i guess they'll, they'll still be one of the tougher teams we've faced thus far like aside from philly and minnesota we haven't really beaten any really good teams do you see that the knicks being in that category yeah, I think they, they just started off really slow. I think they've been playing much better recently. Um, I can't figure them out because they were terrible terrible defensively last year and had one of the like a top three or four offense. And then this year it's all about their defense. So um I think look, they play us really hard. They're super physical. Like it's always gonna be a challenge to play this iterate the Tibbs Knicks. Um and I hate 
hate watching these Knicks games. I really do. They're just so messy. They're so <laughs> sloppy. There's hands everywhere and like bodies flying. And it, it's like fun, yeah. but also it's like str- in stress inducing too. It's mm-hmm. like kind of like the baby heat in that way. Yeah. Um, so I, I, yeah, I think it's, I think every game we play with the Knicks, unless we shoot absolutely lights out for once, which we seem to never do never. against them. And they're the and, opposite. And they, yeah, they don't miss. So, um, hopefully we get some shooting luck for once and then I think we'll blow the doors off them, but I'm mm-hmm. not ba- banking on it, man. Like, I think it's going to be a tough one. Yeah. This is the cycle, right? We play two bad teams, win two straight games. We do the Celtics are back podcast and then we come <laughs> up against a challenging team. We lose or we perform poorly. We do the what's going on with the Celtics podcast and we go around and around again all season. Uh, Jake, do you expect a win against the Knicks? I do. I do. I do. I think that they'll win. I actually, I think that they're going to turn up and this, I think it could be a comfortable win. I have, I have a feeling the Celtics are going to really um, be, be ready for this one. I, like Maybe not like a blowout thing, but like maybe we don't have to go down by four with 90 seconds to go and then like pulls a rabbit out of our ass, um, which, sounds, which would hurt probably. <laughs> yeah, big time. Yeah. Shades I, of Richard Please, Gere. man. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please, dude. I hope it's a comfortable one. Yes. Please, God. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, last thing here, Jake, are you are you still doing playback this afternoon? Yeah. You want to plug it to the people here? Yeah, let's do it. So yeah, I'm going to hop in the playback now, and we're going to bounce around League Pass. I've popped the I'm just going to pop the link in the chat here now. Um, yeah, I'll be in like like a few minutes, and we can whoever if people are in there, we'll jump around like watch. You know, Heat Spurs are going to be tied going into the fourth quarter. Nuggets Rockets, um, and Suns Thunder Timbers. Uh, Warriors, like there's a bunch of good games um, and the blackout stuff with the with playback hopefully won't be in effect because I know people that have been hopping in the playback, some people have been having issues watching the actual Celtics games even when they're on the road. So this uh, this should work and we can just all hang out. We can talk about whatever anyone wants to talk about. Football, Celtics, beer, uh, yeah. Pokemon. 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 Yeah, I'm, I've got a, yeah, I've got a breadth of a breadth of interest. Uh, yeah, but mostly talking about basketball. Yeah, hell yeah. Playback.tv slash first of the floor. Links in there in the comments there. Thanks, Jake. All right, that is going to do it for this one. Thank you so much for joining us. Jake, Spoonie, love your work, guys. Until next time, go Celtics. Go Celtics.